One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with eighth, sorry, Chizo, and with me tonight to talk about Supercoach opening for season 2022 is JB, my mate. How are you going there, champion? Good. It's good to be on the exact same rank as the great Chizo. <laughs> It's 2022, <laughs> Supercoach has reopened officially, and I, I, don't, I don't remember what happened last year. You, myself, and Pistol all ranked the exact same. It's a fresh season. Uh, well, look, I, I've had a chat to M. I've had a chat to Stevie. We've come to the conclusion between the three of us that um, it's only at the end of round one when the, the, the rankings update that it kind of gets wiped clean. Uh, it, it, up until that point, we're still sitting on the high horse, if that makes oh, sense. I, I remember M. M. Was that the one that won it last year? It was just, yeah, it was just yeah. so long ago. I was just trying to, like, I got to get the <laughs> on the ball. Um, yeah, no, new year. Everyone who, who ranked poorly or just not to their expectations last year, it's a fresh start. Right, we hit the reset button, JB. Um, we've also got some big changes that have come to Supercoach in 2022. Uh, but first off, we should say that this episode of the Dr. Supercoach podcast is sponsored by us. It's sponsored by Patreon, JB. And all of the lovely listeners that do want to support us over there can find us at patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach. You'll get a lot of preseason content. We've got a few little fixture analysis uh, going on there. And we've got the triple Ds um, that start dropping in the lead up to uh, the, the opening of round one, JB. So that's about to get kicked off. Uh, if you do want to support us and get some of that content, you can find us over there. JB, we do have a few signups on day one. A few to get through, mate. I'll, I'll chuck it over to you. A lot to get through, actually. And and just to clarify, DDD, 30 podcasts in 30 days of players that are mostly voted by the community. We'll, we'll slip a couple in ourselves, obviously a couple of obvious or maybe ones that we... No more Tom with. Phillips. We're not we're not falling prey no, to that one again. No, 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 no. <laughs> nothing, nothing like Tom Phillips. Well, Tom Phillips, I, this is like a stink peek. 
Tom, we could literally reenact the Tom Phillips podcast uh, from last year, Chizo. It was you and I, and we said about three words, which is don't start in. Uh, I think mm. we followed up with a couple of profanities, poor Tommy. But um, essentially, yes, we, we podcast for at least 10 to 15 minutes about a lot of players in the preseason. So it's very good content. Um, so, yes, we do have 36 new signups. So very appreciative for the early buzz that we're getting throughout the um, first half of this year. So I'll go through the names. By the way, I've been stitched up by Chizo here. He said there was only a couple, <laughs> so I agreed to do it. And uh, It's just a couple. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much for our new patrons. Cameron Dixon, Kevin Luan, Lee, Gerard Harnan, Peter Stone, Stefan Smurden, uh, Regs, Regs Hislop is back for another year, Ben, Rob Whitaker, Johnny Blaze. What a name. I think he's signed What a rap before. name. That's an unreal name. Um, Dylan Parham, Parham, okay. Glorin, Alistair Patton, which is a, a big fish, by the way. Just a would linger. You're going to say it right, second. or are you just going to leave him on Patton? Well, how is this? What, what do you mean? Is it Peyton? No, no, mind. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> is it Peyton? <laughs> He's going to remember that. Oh, I mean, sorry, Al. I think there should be a Y in your surname if it's going to be Peyton. But <laughs> Lucas Lewitt Mendez, Ben. Is that a second Ben? Yeah, two Bens, yeah. two different Bens. Just Adam, Ben. Adam Wilmot. Yeah, just Ben. Adam <laughs> Martins, back-to-back Adams. Tim, Luke Bonney, Riley Egan, Dave, Jack Sugars. Oh, man. I like that We've got some too. good names here. Uh, Huggy has signed up officially after supporting us with our DDDs last year, so we appreciate that. Anthony Collings, Ilma Mutley, Jeremy Boston. That's not two names. It's Jeremy, then Boston. Paul Stender. What is two names? <laughs> what? Yeah, sorry. As in like, it's not his first and last name. Uh, Cook Dog. Are you out of practice, JB? Uh, look, I'm really proud of... I'm out of practice with reading 36 in a row. Yes. Um, Cook Dog is the next one. Um, Your Dave, Cook Dog. Dave Priestley, Shane Corbell, Matheson Jenkin, Bailey Murray, Levi, Damon Arkeg, and... Oh, this is uh, Willy Bum Gin is the last one there. So thank you, Willy Bum, for the sign up. Much appreciated. Thanks to everyone. Yeah, and we've Chizzo, got quite can, a few wait, um, early on in I, uh, in January. Everyone getting a little bit excited. Can Can Willy Bum get a personal thank you from you as well, please? Uh, thanks, Willy. It's um, it's great to see you in here. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in my DMs. And we'll, uh, Willy, Willy Bum's the we'll, entire we'll, name. Uh, we'll unpack some things. Yes. Yes, talk about the first thing that pops up. All right. JB, yes. new super coach rules for 2022, and there are some big ones. I mean, where we have had another increase in the overall amount of trades that we're going to get this year. Previously, we just had 30, um, mm-hmm. uh, and in the last couple of years, we get additional trades when uh, things start to go wrong. We're starting the year in 2022 with 35 trades, and of those 35 we have uh, you know, just a standard 30 that you might use on any given week, but you also have the option now to use a trade boost. And we haven't quite a, uh, figured out what emoji we're going to use for our trade boosts in Slack yet, but um, we're coming to that decision. The five trade boosts is a, a really interesting complexity that they've brought into the game um, that allows you uh, to use an extra trade at any point in time during the season so that on a normal week, 
you can use a maximum of two trades unless you choose to activate one of those five trade boosts and which you can use three that week. Um, so you get five opportunities to use um, a, a, a trade boost during the season, JB. And I think that's going to lead to some really interesting strategy changes around you know, whether people use them early or save them for um, um, some carnage as the year goes on. It's going to be really interesting to see the strategies that get taken uh, around these. It's kind of like we're being tempted or tr- like just trusted by the Herald Sun that these extra five trade boosts, we're not going to use them in a bad way and just burn just, through our trades immediately. Just boost. Or, they're hey, ju- they're just, just boost dangling yourself. that little carrot out, aren't they? And yeah. uh, a lot of us love trading, so it'll be interesting to see how many can hold off. But with the potential of COVID impacting our season once again, um, I think it's going to be super, super important. Um, Maybe not imperative because we don't know exactly how it's going to influence us, but I think it's important at this point to consider that those trade boosts um, may be saved for some real dire um, opportunities to, to spring them into action. So at this point, I've already seen people discussing, um, oh, it'd be great to make three changes in, in round two or three when before price changes when we know um, we've maybe stuffed up a few a few players in our starting team and it just concerns me a lot Chizo, that we're going to be running out of trades super quickly this year if we if we take that mantra upon us so um, it's gonna it's definitely going to test a lot of people's patience um, it's going to be a lot of strategy involved which I, I thoroughly enjoy just out of curiosity Chizo, what do you think overall of the the couple of rule changes um in terms of just for the actual game itself, in your enjoyment specifically or other people's enjoyment, do you, do you think they've made some good decisions here? I think it was definitely something that needed to happen. Like they're, Not mm. that there needed to be specifically 35 trades or we needed to have um, these trade boosts, for example. I, I think that um, over the last few years, we were losing a sort of that casual audience as... Um, the complexity of the game and the loopholes that the seasoned veterans that that played this game were able to utilise and 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 you know um, understand quite deeply uh, was lost on the casuals, and so you know they yeah. found themselves just falling further behind every week and losing a little bit of fun. And I think the flexibility given by these trade boosts and the extra trades and things like that. Um, in themselves are going to make it more inviting um, and less likely that people will get to a midpoint during the year, think their team is going terrible and going, well, I I can't get out of this. Uh, I think this opens the opportunity for um, people to stay interested in the game for longer into the season. I can only see that as being a great thing um, without necessarily having to agree with an arbitrary amount of trade increases, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the thing that I've taken note of the most is uh, we've got a pretty good community in the Patreon group of ours um, in the Slack channel. A lot of good coaches better than probably yourself and I, Chizo. Um, only seven coaches better than you. There's a couple. Year, but, um, <laughs> so, you know, we've got a really good group there, a good brains trust of people trying to, when new rule changes come across, find the loopholes, find all, mm. the, all the little things that we can take advantage of that'll sort of put us an extra step above people who just play the game um, in, in the way that it was made probably, in just more of a casual sense and more for the enjoyment and absolute respect to that way of playing the game. But us little bit more serious players i think we try and find those loopholes and credit to the people behind the decision making here uh, i don't think any real strong or any even 
partially strong loopholes have have come up yet and mm. it doesn't usually take this long so the fact that we've got four new large changes to our game um real actually game changing decision making decision making changing um changes i think the fact that we haven't seen exploits or loopholes or i can't believe they did this because now it's going to lead to this um i think it's just a real credit to the people behind the decision making i think they're good rule changes overall yeah virtual sports and uh, pete jank and al payton and these guys that are, are working behind the scenes you can only really give them a pat on the back i think they've done um, fantastic work and a great job um jb we are talking about um ways that we can um, not so much manipulate the scenario, but what can we get out of um, the new rule changes? Um, I think this. Uh, I think what I should do is really kind of define the trade boosting, just in case I haven't been fully um, uh, clear on that. Just for extra clarity, twenty twenty one and previously, you could use uh, two trades a week. Um, during the, the the normal rounds, during the buy rounds, you could use a maximum of three trades a week. What the uh, the trade boost does basically allows you to use an extra trade in any given week. So an ordinary week would get bumped up to a third trade that week, uh, and in the buys you can use a maximum of four trades a week, and you get five opportunities during the year to be able to use those trade boosts as we understand it at this point. So um, it's not like for the first ten rounds you can just blow through uh, three trades a week um, as it stands. Uh, I think you get five opportunities um, yep. to use the uh, the the boosts. Uh, um, if that's incorrect, I'm sure someone will get back to us. So. No, um, I, I don't think that it's going to inherently change the the way that we're going to uh, start our uh, our squad so much. You know, we've got all, all these extra trades; we can just go hardcore risk. Um, but I think it does afford us a little bit more extra flexibility that we can make a mistake and fix it. Whereas um, in previous seasons, if you stuffed your um, your starting squad, you were sort of in trouble. So uh, one of the ways that uh, I think the the boost um, trading scenarios helps us is in previous years there was a um, sort of an exploit that you could get a trade back after lockout by trading let's say you traded um, a player you were upgrading to a premium that hadn't locked out yet and the player you brought in hadn't locked out you could actually reverse that trade if you had one left over um, basically trade player b back towards player a and you'd actually see your trade um, amounts uh, increased by one, as if you'd never made the trade to begin with. I think the bash, uh, sorry, the bash boost, the trade boosts. Um, what they're basically going to be used for is you, if you're in lockout and you're in this same sort of scenario, um, and you want to trade. Um, uh, reverse a trade. It just basically makes it more accessible uh, for people to use that what was ordinary an exploit beforehand. Um, and that's also um, now combined with the fact that you can actually edit your trades after lockout. It's not like um, when the first game starts, you can't hit reverse trades. If the trades that you have made haven't had the players lock out, you can simply edit them now, which I think um, is something that is just it's so good. How how often do we have a laid out that you just have nothing that you can do about it, JB? Yeah, and, and for example, if we're going to be getting players in our teams like uh, Darcy, for example, 
I don't love using this example because he's in my team, but for someone that you have a little less faith in, um, if you're trading him in and he is a late hour, and another example, you've traded Proust to him, they both play each other in the final game of the round. Um, that's just a quick little, okay, I'll get Darcy next week or someone else next week. Mm. I'll just get Proust back in my team for one more week. And, you know, it's it's just so, it's it's less detrimental. It's better for the casuals, that trade, uh, that move uh, specifically, which is great. Um, I think it does help the veterans as well. Um even though a lot of us save our trades to the, the very last second when the ball's bouncing and we're certain nothing bad's going to happen. I suppose it just gives us a little bit more time to sort of relax on that if we need to um, and, you know, not be on our phones or be on the actual app 24-7, which is what the game really did become last year, especially with yeah. COVID. Um, and I just, yeah, I, I think it, they're both very, very good moves. None of these first three... Um, rule changes the five extra trades the trade boosts or being able to reverse your changes during the round none of those changed a single player in my starting team so i think it's important that although we can discuss how these will be utilized during the season um none of them actually impacted my starting team in any way so i think they're good good changes to be taken into account during the season but like you said it's not just an excuse to get the I don't know, Mitch Duncans and the the Whitfields and the, all these guys that we previously have spoken about mm. as being injury-prone and, and risky. Uh, I don't think it's just an excuse to just rush them into your team now because we're going to need the trades, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just one last point in terms of the trades, just to throw a scenario out there, JB. Um, let's use your Pruce and, and Darcy trade, for example. Let's say that Pruce was playing in the Friday night game and you've tra- you've upgraded him to Darcy, who's playing in the Sunday night game. Um, you notice that Pruce happens to have a great game. He scores a 145 and he's going to go up in price next week. It's not the scenario now that you can reverse trades after lockout and get Pruce's score. It doesn't no. work that way. Um, if the player locks out who you've traded out of your team, you can't reverse it. You can still move Darcy to someone else. If Darcy was a laid out, you can still do that, um, but you simply can't go Darcy back to Pruce and get Pruce's score because that would have invented another exploit um, that the, 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 the more serious players would have been uh, uh, finding ways to, to use that to get um, an extra loophole in their team. So um, that's just uh, something I think it's important to mention. JB, mm. we'll jump into the next uh, change to the overall um, format of Supercoach in 2022, and that is the huge news that there will be DPP additions and changes during uh, during the year in 2022. Much like you see in AFL Fantasy, every six weeks we're going to see DPP changes. JB, your initial thoughts? Yeah, so uh, the first three changes to the game didn't change anything in my side. This one definitely impacted what I, I think I'll be doing for my starting side. Um, so my, my first thought, my first immediate thought was where on the field is this probably going to impact the most how often do people start as a midfielder and play ruck enough to to sort of get ruck eligibility dunkley it, it, yeah <laughs> dunkley might have for a section now but essentially it, it's not something that we look out for as as much like we look at the defense as well players do go back and play defense um but generally speaking the defensive line is is kind of stacked it's usually got a lot of good players and if you're in that defensive mm. role you're just one of those 
already existing 10 options that do the exact same role. So you'd want to go back there and be pretty good at what you do to be someone who's going to now pop up on our radar. The the line that I think it impacts the most is the Nat Fife's, the Dangerfields, potentially, mm. dare I say, Patrick Cripps, um, even potentially, potentially someone like Max Gorn, Royal Marshall, players that are going to actually play stints in the forward line this season, whether it be due to a soft fixture, a game that they've already won, so maybe they just they only have to do this for six weeks, not the entire season. So the the dilution of having someone play thirty five percent forward over the entire season makes it unlikely for these guys. But now that it's it's just over six weeks, there could easily be a period where Dangerfield's playing a little bit hurt. He has three games where he's an 80% forward and then he's back into the midfield when he feels a bit better. And all of a sudden, we've got a forward-eligible Dangerfield who's going to go 105+. plus. That is going to change what we want from our team. Essentially, for me, that rules out a lot of forward options as players that are now going to be in a very, very strong line of, of midfielders and your Rowan Marshalls coming into that line during the season. All potentially, obviously, but it's just something that I'd rather plan for than plan against. And if I plan for it and it doesn't work out, I just upgrade to those guys eventually anyway that are already our options. If we plan for it and it does work out, then I don't know how people starting four deep or, or even three deep in the forward line make a full switch to these uber premiums that are going to be showing up. So I think the forward line is the heaviest line impacted by this. Um, I took down a forward premium immediately down to a mid-pricer who's going to make me money because there's barely any rookies there and spent that money in defense and, and the midfield and elsewhere to sort of shore up my team. Yeah, and I tend to agree. I think, um, you know, if we just briefly touch on the, the DPPs that we typically see, it's usually, um, uh, look, t- talking in relevance, it's usually a defender that's suddenly getting midfield time or yep. it's a gun midfielder that's suddenly getting forward time. Yes, you're going to get the occasional ruckman that gets forward status um, and everyone's thinking uh, all, they need to do, all they need to do is 35%. Um, in a particular line in that window to get DPP for the rest of the year. And while that's true, um, I think you're really setting yourself up for failure if you're neglecting to take um, you know, these platinum-type plays, these absolute uber premiums, um, you know, like just thinking that you know, they're going to have DPP by round six, so I might as well start them because I've got a free spot. Yeah. Um, I think that can become really dangerous because what happens uh-huh. if they don't get it? You 100%. know, what if they. Yeah, and, and, and if we're talking. Um, I think one of the things that Pistol mentions is that um, the DPP in round 18 sort of conflicts with the idea of having a limited trade format in some ways because not many people are going to have dedicated trades left over at that point to pick up new DPPs. It's not like we're waiting until round 18 to suddenly pick up Nat Fife as a forward. By that stage of the season, it's definitely going to be a, ha- a happy accident. Um, it's not something we're going to be planning for. So basically, that in, in, in this format of the game, we're, it's leaving us with two options, two windows of opportunity where Danger or Nat Fife or Josh Kelly can suddenly get an extra um, eligibility. So if they have the first eight games and he's flying and then it's only between rounds nine and 12 that he starts resting up forward, perhaps he's not actually going to hit that 35% and get DPP. So um, 
I think we shouldn't be getting too caught up in predicting who is going to get DPP and then if they're going to get it at round six or round 12, I think that's going to heavily complicate our structures. And like you said, you changed one forward by the sounds of that to a a, a mid-pricer. That's more to give you flexibility if one does pop up. It's not that you're... Um, absolutely sure that it's going to be this player by round six and then you're going to pick him up then. I think it just gives us the opportunity and some flexibility if something like that pops up. Am I right in saying that? Absolutely. No, you said that perfectly. So um, on top of that, even with someone that we can be 80% sure is going to get forward status in that five, he's been said all preseason, all end of last season, he's going to play significantly more time up forward. I think he'll get that 35% with absolute ease, um, and I think he will be in those first six changes. Fact of the matter is, as good as Nat Fife is, if he's not getting enough midfield time, he just might not be the exact best option to pick up. So mm. why would we start Nat Fife as someone who might potentially get that time? The only players that you should be considering and actually only one comes to mind, is maybe Marcus Bontempelli as someone who is probably going to be a top eight midfielder regardless. And now probably of that top eight, wields the most likely chance to get an eligibility up forward at one point. Um, So I can understand people liking Bontempelli more as a pick as to sort of get ahead of the people that are going to want him as a forward if he does get that as as a smaller chance. Um, but aside from that, there is not one single player where I've looked at and, and said, you know what, he's worth the risk of not getting DPP by just starting him because they're just not at the end of the day because you don't want to be stuck with Marshall at R2 all year, losing points to Darcy and Gorn. You don't want to be stuck with Dangerfield all year, losing points to whoever the M8s and M9s are going to be of the competition. It's just mm. not worth the risk. So you've, you've put that perfectly, Cheezer. Yeah, and again, just to bring it all um, round in a nice loop and put a bow on it, the DPP at round 6, round 12, and round 18 um, will be based on that window and whether that player um, plays at least 35% in a particular position. And it's based on the champion data measurements and how they determine where they've started at stoppages and things like that. So don't get too into the weeds of how they determine it. Just know that that's what it's based on. And 35% is actually quite a lot. Like we don't actually see... The reason we don't see stacks of gun midfielders getting forward eligibility is is literally for that uh, that purpose. uh, the 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 fact that it's actually quite a quite difficult to get that uh, DPP, um, JB. I want your your thoughts uh, also on buy planning. You know, I've been pretty big in the last few years that you don't necessarily need to be rigid in your structure, but you should always keep one eye out for um, what might happen as you enter the buys. Am I too heavy in one round? Would I like to offset it towards the later buy round with my premiums in my starting squad? Do you think that buy planning really matters anymore if we have these trade boosts available and the potential for 12 trades over the three weeks of the buyers? We could basically trade our way into a good team. Yeah, I'm sort of on the fence with this one. And I think the way you phrased that question was good. It's it's something to consider because when you do your starting team, you really do want a balance or in previous years, you've wanted a balance um, across all the rounds. So at worst case scenario, you can be flexible during the first um, period of upgrades and, and the second period and then over the actual course of the buyers. Um, I think having the safety net of the 
of potentially using four trades in a round to really stock up, probably after the very first buy round. Um, so you can just go bang four players from that buy round straight in, um, probably shores up anything that you had in the next two buy rounds anyway. Um, I, I do like that as a safety net, but I just really have to question how often we're going to need these trade boosts, what we're going to have to use them for. Um, like, th- There's just so many factors that make me think I don't want to dedicate a trade boost to that point in the year if I can help it. So I'm still going to plan as I usually would, but I'll just have a little bit less weight in... Uh, I have to start, uh, for example. Uh- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I can't even think of an example. I have to start <laughs> Clayton Oliver, Clayton Oliver over Lockie Neal because of this buy situation. Um, mm. And like, the, the, like in this season, I wouldn't exactly do that. Um, I would have a little bit scaled back urgency and planning, um, but also I wouldn't go launching into the fact that, oh, that's fine. I've got a dedicated trade boost for that first week. Like I'll just reverse everything anyway and I'll be fine um, because we d- we just have no idea. Like We might be using these trade boosts late into the season for um, a, a, like a, I don't know, block of three players who've just accidentally gotten COVID at once and oh, two of them are in my team. Um, so I need a trade trade boost to fix that, and it's happened three times already this season. So we just don't know exactly how we're going to have to use them, but I do think it's a really, really good ace to have up your sleeve for the buyers. And um, if you plan just decently enough, um, instead of going the full hyper planning, then you're probably going to be as as fine as everyone else. The, the eye contact you made with me when you said hyper planning, it, it felt a little bit personal, um, I've got to say. Um, I, I guess I, I guess what I'm trying to get at, my personal perspective was, um, you know, before this came into effect, I was tossing up between having Jaden Short um, or Jordan Ridley in one of my defensive spots um, because they're both round 12, they're both early by, um, they both have really good upside um, and... You know, Jaden Short without Basha Hooley in the last two years from 20 games or 21 games has averaged 105.1 or something like that. Like, say so he at a 95 to 98 average, whatever he is, he shows good value. And you don't well, really I want think- to turn your nose up at that if you've you've only got limited um, 
spots based on your, your buy structure. I think this gives you the ability to start two of those guys and and use those boosts around the buys yeah. to, uh, to, to, to make up for that. And so you're actually starting the year with the best value you possibly can. And, and so you actually send, uh, I, I foresee people starting with a starting structure that they're genuinely happy and excited about and having to make less compromises. And I think that's great. No, it is great. And and sorry, I went to interrupt you there. I was, I was going to actually spruce up your Jaden Short fact. It's, mm. I think it was 110 last year without Hooli. So I think the further back you date that, it does drop to about 105. But I think just last year alone was 110. So I love the Jaden Short pick. I, I just thought it was a good mm. stat for you to pull out during the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's given more flexibility. Um, I think all in all, the, the more the more trades, the trade boost, the revert, it all looks very sexy. Um, and coming from players like yourself and I who have played for years and years and years before there was 30 trades, I think uh, when I started playing, there was much less than 30 trades. Even, 22 so. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everything is a bonus and then you think, well, I got full premium back when there was 22 and 24 trades. So and now that I got 35, I should just have the ability to throw things around more often. But I, I really do think this means that there's no COVID plan. And if a game gets postponed or if a player misses weeks, I don't think we're going to get those handouts that we got last year that got us up to 34 trades for the season. So just make sure as sexy as it looks, Make sure you plan accordingly for what is going to be another unpredictable season. Um, but I say that all doom and gloom um, with also the disclaimer that I, I don't know if I've been more excited for a Supercoach season than this year. Mm. Yeah, and, and we should clarify that um, they're, they're still working behind the scenes on uh, coming up with a plan if we do have significant disruptions like we've had in the last two years where, yep. um, uh, you know, the Tigers missed last uh, um, round, whatever round that was, and they had their buy changed. Um, there still is the potential for more trades if things go sideways, but I think the fact that we end up with 35 trades this year and we only had 35, uh, 34 last year with yep. the, the carnage that we had, I think it's it's more likely than unlikely that we don't get extra trades if things go wrong. They yes. might just open up a round that they, they might say um, you can use two boosts this week or something like that I think is more likely to happen than suddenly we end up with 40 trades and then we can just, you know, it's AFL Fantasy all of a sudden. Um, I, I think that would be sort of my personal uh, take on that, but I, I, I guess I, not being behind the scenes, I can't really comment on what they're going to go with. Uh, JB, the next thing I do want to discuss, do you see 2022 being a season of risk on? And what I mean by that is taking on more risk across our sides because we have these opportunities to, 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 to make corrections with the boosts, um, or is it you know, maybe one extra mid-pricer, one extra, maybe they're a premium, maybe they're not a premium. Um, or are you, you cutting, culling a whole bunch of these guys and then and stuffing in um, stepping stone type players, which we, we usually advise people to go against? Yeah, so if you if I sent you a screenshot of my team uh, with just the defense and midfield aspects of it, you would be quite surprised at my guns and rookie strategy. Uh, mm. And then I would show you the forward line and you'd be quite surprised at the fact that I got some mid prices. So, yeah, so I guess it's kind of um, the players are hopefully going to pick themselves. Um, we got the likes of Cam Rayner, Canelio, Kerno, all the, all the Cs apparently. 
Um, Will Brody, who's you know having a hopefully is having a good preseason from what I've heard, um, and play, players along those lines who might put their hand up um, as selections. I think that's the the only reason we're considering so many of them, um, even despite the fact that we want to leave positions open in the forward line, is because there's just a lack of forward rookies um, at yeah. this stage. So I suppose the rookies are really, again, going to help us forge our sides um, and we might have to be more risk adverse um, up in the forward line with mid-prices just because they do look like the genuine best cash cows that we're going to be able to get. Um, in terms of actual... Um, players that are potential breakouts, like we hear Butters, we hear Jordan Degoe, we hear um, a lot of players. Isaac Heaney, I think people are yelling about him getting more midfield time. Um, I think players like that, uh, I guess I'm not more inclined than ever to start one, um, but I think I'm I'm not going to talk anyone out of a player like Degoe or Butters. I'll definitely talk you out of Heaney because I think he's just a terrible pick. Um, but if you can see the upside and you can chase the 105-plus average, which even with the new DPPs coming through throughout the year, um, if you can chase that upside and you think it's a good chance of happening with the smaller chance of them just going flat 100 or 95 or something and being a correctional trader and the buyers, I think I like that more this year with trade boosts and more trades, but only like once maybe. (laughs) Maybe if you're pushing it, like start two of them, not like a team full of guys who are just going to either go make or break and, and you're going to be ranked 10, 20,000 or 10, 20, you know, full stop. So, yeah, I guess the the thing is that um, uh, if we've only got these five opportunities to use the cash cows, uh, sorry, to use the cash cows, use the uh, uh, the boosts, um, I guess the, it leads to some really obvious ways that you might intend to use them going into the season. Yeah. Um, uh, something that Pistol will come up with uh, is uh, planning for to use one maybe at the end of round two if you've got two rounds of data and you've missed out on a cash cow and you've got a premium wrong and someone gets injured, suddenly you've got the opportunity to use three trades that week before prices change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a really, really you know obvious uh, opportunity where people are like, geez, I wish I had three trades. I, I've got to choose between a rock and a hard place. Exactly, exactly. Um, you might use a, a, a couple before the buyers to really promote that cash growth by really churning over these cash cows uh, and get to a, a full premium side quicker or have more cash ready as you get into the buyers and then use uh, a couple during the buyers uh, to both better help navigate but also upgrade to um, uh, a, 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 a full premium side earlier based on the, the cash you had be beforehand. And if you're thinking about it in that way, and you've allocated them in the, the preseason, you should come out of the buyers with a full premium side with a similar amount of trades that we what we've had previous, somewhere in like maybe the five to eight range, JB. Is that sort of what you're expecting, that if people are using these boosts in a really strategic way, all they're doing is just being used up to help us um, speed up and get more efficient at getting our sides finished. And we're going to finish the season with a similar amount of trades as we always have done. Um, it, it would take a lucky coach to hold a trade until round you know, 20 and then it becomes a point of difference when no one has any trades left over and that they can utilize it. I think um, 
it, the, the chances are that people are going to be using them early on to try and get ahead of the pack, get those points on the board early and then hope people can't chase them down and they can hang on for dear life. Yeah, um, I, I guess somewhere in the middle if, I, if I'm going to sit on the fence here. So um, ideally the trade boosts are used um, in a way where we don't feel the need to use them because the AFL and the powers that be are navigating the COVID situation extremely well. We feel a bit more comfortable. Mm. Um, we, we pop the occasional one just to get that guaranteed upgrade or to you know get that extra cash cow, but not wanting to double down, still wanting to make an upgrade. We can sort of do both. If, for example, two absolute standout rookies are available and you want to make an upgrade that same week because you did double down the last week, for example, you can just tick all those boxes and and make all the moves that you had that you wanted to do which happened to me a couple of times last year by the way i was i i got priced out of zorko multiple times because i chose to get lucky jones instead um being that he looked like just an absolute standout rookie and it ended up burning me so if i could have made three trades that week and got both the the standout rookies and also zorko i absolutely would have so we're going to be faced with situations like that where um, essentially, I'm not going to want to try uh, save all five of these for late in the season. It's going to help me get that mm. extra upgrade. So, um, absolutely. However, if we can get full premium with three or four trades, or four or five trades ideally, um, and still have a couple of these trade boosts in the bank for something that might just hit the fan, or um, you know, something just of absolute terrible circumstance that's ruled out a few of our players, I think that's probably optimal. But it's just, you know, you're sort of predicting the future at that point, aren't you? And, and you're just hoping for the best regardless. You absolutely are. But I guess the point I'm trying to make here is what is the what's the chance that in round 20 you're desperately going to need to make three trades? And so you've held on to a bash boost. A bash boost, I keep saying that. Um, to, is that to in a, BBL? A trade they got boost? this in uh, BBL, do they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. What are the chances that you're desperate to make three trades that late in the season? What I'm saying is you can still protect yourself and give yourself um, uh, a chance to work with the changing landscape of what may or may not happen late in the season just by holding standard trades. But you might also benefit more, particularly, say, through the buys or getting to full premium earlier by using three trades or four trades in a week earlier in the season. So um, I I guess what I'm basically saying is, is there any necessity to have three of these boosted trades as our final five trades at the end of the year. Um, can we not just save three trades like we always do after we're full premium? And then if something comes up, you can use two in a week. Yeah, no, absolutely. In, a, in an ideal world, we're not having to use any of these after the buyers. We're, we're using them throughout to get our upgrades done, to get our downgrades done. And the only round imaginable where you would use three trades or more over the actual two is where you're going one up, one down, and you want to make a trade on top of that to sort of spring you ahead. So when late in the season, are you going to have three injured premiums where you're going to be like, oh my God, I need to get three premiums at my side, not one up, one down, like three actual premiums need to go. It is unlikely, um, but I don't want to convince people to, to not save at least one because I just 
don't know what's going to happen with the COVID situation. I think saving any more than one is probably going to be overkill, which we'll definitely yeah. see throughout the season. I think that's what I'm, I'm what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and these are going to these are going to assist people so much that plan their trades ahead. If you've got your your plan your trades planned and it's week four and you've planned for week seven, which is is obviously an extreme thing to do, but also, it's really, really, really helpful, especially when you're watching break-evens and such. Um, I think for those people, these are going to be amazing for their planning. You can pick which week you think you're going to have to need three trades. You can plan it out. You can get ahead of the competition, um, not be as reactionary. I think it's perfect for those sort of tacticians, um, but I definitely wouldn't burn through them all before we know what's going to be happening throughout the season. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and I just had this uh, this brilliant idea, JB. Uh, if Ooh. anyone wants to help us out there with uh, some T-shirts, I really want to see a picture of JB's face on there with Rooks Forge Our Sides. I think that was a great quote from you, uh, JB. You, you've come out of the gates really fast <laughs> with that one. I, I love that, mate. I read a um, dictionary right before we recorded, so I'm glad that's, <laughs> that's come out like that. <laughs> Mate, I, I've got a little bit of a curly question. It's not necessarily um, super coach related. It's sort of more um, advice related. We oh, might start with uh, similar uh, similar sides to start the year. A lot of people might be taking uh, a, a, some um, different strategies as the as the, uh, the the rounds sort of progress. How do you see like the advice that we may or may not give to people that are that the DMS and stuff like that regarding to the the, the changes? Do you see like a, like I, I can talk about the previous years where basically leading into every week. There's always do this one thing and it's going to help pretty much every person that wants um, a little bit of feedback. Um, but I guess I sort of th- see things being different because as the bash, the, the boosts start coming into effect, <laughs> teams will change very, very quickly. Yes, and it, it's kind of becoming like FPL in a sense. Um, for me to use a different code as a reference instead of you doing an all-podcast, Jizo. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like FPL in a sense where someone can send me their team and I have to ask, have you used this chip? Have you used this, that, or the other? And mm. you know, they might be more adverse to taking you know, extra transfers or it, it, it's, everything just becomes really personalized when you start bringing these mm. sorts of tactics into the game that are they're not enforced. It's not during the buys where they can say, all right, we've got three trades, but that applies to everyone. I might have three trades on you this week, Chizo. You might only have two. That's a super personalized yeah. situation. Um, I think it's going to be... It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. It's going to make our jobs interesting. Um, giving yeah. advice is not going to be able to be blanket advice. It's more so going to yeah. be what do you have? How many trade boosts do you personally want to save until when? Um, have you planned your trades ahead? There's going to be a lot of questions like have you planned your trades ahead? I think that just becomes so important this season um, for anyone who's maybe starting out the game or only just trying to get serious about it. Planning trades ahead and just writing rough prices and and picking players who you think are going to be optimal around what area is going to be so important, especially with Trade Boost now. Um, Getting all that information from someone messaging us is going to be super important because it's no longer a game of, um, hey, everyone, Isaac Heaney is a great buy this week or Butters is a great buy this week coming off an injury. Uh, Go get him, go one up, one down, and someone's like, well, I've got a trade boost that I want to use. And it's like, well, you go one up, one down, I guess. And do you even want that guy? Because now you can afford this guy. And it's yeah. all it's all going to be a bit wild, but it, it, I guess it's really, really exciting in that sense. 
Yeah, I, th- I think what I see is everyone's teams are going to uh, are really going to become hyper um, individualized. I think the word mm. is what you used before. Um, in that, um, you know, by the time it comes to the buy rounds, people will have a lot of the same premiums, but they're going to be getting them at different times um, and, and the structures may be uh, certainly different. And not only that, with the reverse trade option, suddenly their opportunities to, uh, you know, make a, a swing after lockout um, is just certainly heightened um, as the, the teams and stuff come out. So um, I, I just think this year... Everyone's thinking, like I've seen a few comments that are oh, everything's going to be cookie cutter and everyone's going to do this. I just feel like, yeah, we might start with a similar sort of risk, um, slightly more risk on approach. Um, but I just I, I just feel that it's going to be uh, very, very quickly we'll get individual teams um, and we might see some of the top uh, top teams not necessarily just rushing out of the gates, hitting to the top 100 by round four and then just kind of moving up two or three places every week, which is what we sort of see as everyone behind them just kind of catches up to make the same team. I think because of the individuality of these teams, we're going to see a lot of more, a lot of rank fluctuations like we may may not have seen previously. So um, I think that's really, really cool to think about. And uh, uh, JB, the last thing I want to talk about, we've talked uh, uh, in depth about risk and stuff like that. Um, do you think it's one of those situations where you can take risk across the field or is it your sort of intention to highlight one particular area where DPP might be super valuable, say um, the forwards line that you've been saying? Is that Are you going to go more risk on in that situation uh, as opposed to risk broadly across your team, like maybe going um, two cheapo rucks, for example? Okay, so at the moment, the premiums that I'm picking in my team are completely the opposite of risk. Um, I'm picking safe premiums. I don't want to yep. use trades on premiums. I'm picking guys who like Aaron Hall, Jake Lloyd, um, guys who had situations you said last safe, year. safe, right? And yeah, then no, you said Aaron yeah, Hall. hear me out, hear me out. Um, <laughs> guys that had situations last year that made them cheaper this year than what they ended up yeah. averaging in their position. So, obviously, sure. Jake, Jake Lloyd, for example, has Jordan Dawson out of the club now. Aaron Hall started mm-hmm. the year in a different position and had a couple of concussions. He's underpriced. These guys are underpriced, but they're also safe to be premiums in their position. So, I'm going as safe as possible with every premium selection except in the forward line, I'm very much okay with starting both the Goey and Butters, which I think a lot of people will be sort of turning their heads out saying, well, that's definitely not safe. Throwing Dunkley to that as well, who's very injury prone, that's not safe either. Um, I think those guys just have enough upside to, to just play it a little bit riskier. But like as per your question, Chizo, I'm not specifically chasing risk in any sort of position. I would rather start completely safe. Um, I just... We don't have the means to do that in the forward line. So the forward line to me is an absolute mess of Charlie Kerno, Cornelio, Butters, Degoe, Dunkley. Like we could literally have zero of these players playing by round five and no one would be surprised. And it's just, it's so <laughs> disgusting and risky. But at the same time, if you look at each player individually, they all have their their um, merits and they all have extremely high potential to either make you money in two cases or make you money and score a heightened average to what they're priced at in three other cases. So I guess I would rather play it completely safe, but we just don't have the choice in the forward line this year. I, I would 
challenge someone to give me three forwards that are 100% safe to play either all the games or finish top six in their position. And people saying Taranto, who's going to cover Toby Green early. People saying Duncan, who's had injuries every single year of his career as well, and it's only getting worse as he gets older. People saying these players, they're just not it. <laughs> they're not safe. Yeah, um, I so agree. It's, it's just the place where we've got to take the risk, I guess. And I suppose it's going to be made a little bit less harsh by the fact that we should get DPPs there more than anywhere else on the field. So basically, I was hearing, how much risk would you like, JB? And you just said, yes. <laughs> yes to the forward line, uh, no to everyone else. <laughs> all right, uh, JB. Uh, there all there are also a bunch of changes to do with um, uh, to do with leagues uh, and draft and uh, the way that Supercoach Plus sort of works. But we are sort of getting into the weeds. Uh, our Ooh, main can I, podcast. Can I, can I say something about the leagues? Yeah, go for it. I thought this was amazing. Um, Pistol also pointed this out to me as something that he enjoyed. So leagues, if if you and I are Chizo are on both on mm. 10 wins, which is likely at around the 20-game mark of the season, <laughs> um, and, and one of us is going to make finals, you can actually sort that out by overall score instead of our percentage against opponents. So it becomes less luck, like you versus the bottom guy in, in a bad round and he scored 400 against you, um, and, and more your actual ranking throughout the entirety of the season is how you and I are separated on the ladder. Yeah. I think that is... A really good change for people that do play for ranking and also jump in a bunch of leagues. Yeah, and I'd absolutely love some clarification for the powers that be that uh, if I see JB is going to sneak in on total points, can I then go in change and change back. the percentage <laughs> so that he doesn't make finals? Um, right. I, yeah. I don't think I've won a league ever since how I exi- like in- implemented, so I'm definitely not a league <laughs> threat. Don't worry. <laughs> Um, but obviously, big changes to the leagues. Um, you can have anywhere between six and twenty-man leagues now, or twenty-team leagues, which is just huge. Um, you can join, create leagues during the season. You can have different final structures that used to be, I think, just top eight across the board. Mm-hmm. Now you can have top five, top six, etc. Um, you can also uh, play or skip the buys, and as you said, the to- the uh, the tiebreaker for overall points uh, or percentage, if you- if there's one that you prefer or the other, um, and and. I think that's uh, great changes. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much changes that needed to be across the board. I think um, a draft was one of the things that, um, yeah, I know you and I love doing keeper yep. leagues, and just the the fact that it's now being more fleshed out. And, uh, and we're getting more flexibility and we can really tailor these leagues to the, you know, maybe you've got like six really good friends that you just want to have a really complex league with or something like that. I think that's just awesome that we can do that now. Um, and uh, But you know, we're not going to get too into the weeds in terms of uh, the changes to uh, the draft format because this podcast pretty much is uh, uh, very much an overall and head-to-head based. Oh, journey, I, think, so. I think we can start rivaling our friends at the Draft Doctors and, and just take over on, on the wow. Uh, on the draft front. No, I don't think that's happening. They do great I, work. I, I, I don't think I've ever done well at a draft. That's the problem. I, I always take Darcy Parrish at pick three and turn down the Bond. Well, who that would have been four. fine like, last year. <laughs> I, I struggle big time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think these changes are going to help me all that much. But um, I, basically, all these changes have been fantastic. And it's also been fantastic talking to you, JB. Thanks for sitting down with me tonight. Thanks for having me, Cheezo. It's good to have a podcast, you and I, um, you know, get the real mm. brains of the operation onto the mic instead of anyone else who might have been on today. So, 
Yeah, that's right. Just uh, uh, not very excited about the opening of Supercoach. Uh, it's just you and me that we're just pumped about making a podcast by the sound of things. Mm, no, that's that's also the way I took it. <laughs> pistol, pistol moving houses at the moment. He, I spoke to him on the phone before we recorded. He could not be more unhappy that he's not on this podcast. <laughs> I know. Rubbing it in. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate uh, checking in with us for the first podcast of the 2022 season. Again, if you do want to support us and catch some behind-the-scenes content and some extra content that we do put over on Patreon, really getting underway in the start of February, uh, you can find us patreon.com forward slash Supercoach and sign up over there and join the Slack channel. You can find all our main socials, facebook.com forward slash Supercoach on Twitter. Our main page is at doctor underscore SC. You can find me on Twitter at at Chizo underscore DRSC with a Z. You've got JB at JB underscore DRSC. Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC. Feel free to give us a like and a follow and review us on any podcasting platform that you feel is necessary and you want to give us some feedback. We love hearing from you guys. Until then, we'll see you guys at your next Dr. Supercoach appointment. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.